All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 270 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano.ca. The game starts now. Of course, lots of NHL action all week long. Some big games. Uh, you got Edmonton, Toronto. Always exciting. But of course, today also on uh, Martin Luther King Day in the United States, it's a double dip of NFL playoffs. And uh, Frankie's Eagles are playing the Bucks, and uh, Tyler's Bills are hosting the Steelers in the snowy Buffaloes can have all sorts of fun at Botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger, along with Frank Saravalli. And uh, winter has arrived uh, in Edmonton. It is gross cold. Uh, Frank, it's basically like when I say minus 40, just for all of our American listeners, minus 40 Celsius and minus 40 Fahrenheit are the same. They suck. And uh, yeah, no, they, kind of, no, he's not kidding. Like they are, they meet the two. Yes. No, they're exactly the same. Yeah. 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 So, um, it is really cold. Uh, it's being cold. It's going to warm up to, I think, a balmy minus uh, 29 or something today. So, uh, you know, that'll feel like T-shirt weather. But it's it's crazy. I was watching the videos in Buffalo with all the snow removal guys. Like, I know snow removals, everyone's like, oh, yeah, 20 bucks an hour. I'm like, I wonder how many people have ever shoveled, shoveled snow consecutively for more than one hour. That is like the ultimate workout. You are gassed. Yeah, that's why I own a snowblower. <laughs> and... uh so, uh, did did you get a shiver up your spine when you got the alert from Alberta government that there might be rolling blackouts because the power grid was overloaded the other night? Um, no, not really. We have a fireplace in our house, and um, you know, we, my wife just and the I idea both. of that. Yeah, well, it's, it's I mean, it's not, for so many happened. people, like, yeah, I know it didn't happen, but God, the that freaks me out. 
the idea oh, no. of the electrical grid failing and like all of a sudden everyone's out of power for stretches wow. of time. Dude, that I I'm a firm believer that at some point, maybe not in my lifetime, but at some point it's gonna happen here. Like there's uh um we 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 just keep growing it at some point the power grid we, we've we've got to evolve and, and have multiple different power sources i think that's that's clear to anybody i think who pays attention i don't think you have to have just one but i think you're going to need multiple i think moving forward dinosaur fossil fuels for the win yeah. yes so yeah hey there's nothing wrong with it uh to, to have a kind of both at some point but yeah when it's bitterly like you know so, what certain things work better in uh, California than they do in minus 30. In, uh, well, I was going to say, like, it, you know, if it's zero or minus 10, you're like, ah, okay, the power goes out for a few hours. We'll make it. Minus 40, like, you're like, whoa, oh. what are we doing all night? Well, not only that, man. You know how much damage there'd be to houses? All your water pipes would freeze oh. and everything? Yeah, it would be but awful. like, quickly. Did you see the yeah, videos oh. of the people at the Chiefs game where yeah. they take the water out of the fridge? And just you like just holding a bottle of smart water, you could see it start to freeze. Oh yeah, in thirty silly. seconds. Yeah. Wow. I always wonder if those are doctored because I've stood out. I went outside yesterday, minus forty, Frank, with a bottle of water in my hand. Oh, you and tried it? Didn't it? Freeze in 30, yeah, it didn't freeze in thirty seconds. So, kids, don't believe everything. Don't believe everything you see on uh, on the internet. It's not always true. But at everything you hear on this pod is one hundred percent true. Yeah. 99% of the time, every time. Yeah, yeah. 99% of the time. It's 99 truth. Um, hey, how confident are you about the Eagles today? Uh, not very. I mean, really? look, the Bucks don't scare me, but like the thing is, like, the Packers shouldn't have scared anyone either. Oh, what a debacle. Like, I know that, hey, Philly fans are like, oh, Cowboys. It's that was, first of all, they just got crushed. Romeo Dobbs, Mr. Love. And Jones, they didn't have an answer for the three of them. They just demolished them. Like, that's called spade to spade defensively. And then offensively, I don't understand why you continually run on second down and get nothing, but you just keep doing it. It was so ridiculous play calling by the the Cowboys. Now, it might not have mattered because uh, Dak uh, has a tendency to want to throw some uh, really important interceptions at key times in games in the playoffs. But, man, uh, Cowboy fans... And that had to be painful. Oh, I don't care what happens today. I mean, I do care what happens today with the Eagles. If they don't win, their season lasted one day longer than the Cowboys. And that is satisfaction enough. Ah. And hey, shout out to Detroit, man. Are you kidding me? The Lions fans have waited that long for a, for a playoff win. 30 plus years, man. Good for them. And now they get a second home game. Well, that's the thing I was rooting for. I was actually rooting hard for the Rams. Because I was like, oh, the Packers did the unthinkable. If the Rams win and then all you need is an Eagles win, then you get an Eagles home game next week. And instead, now the winner of this game between Eagles and Bucks will travel to Detroit, which uh, looks like a pretty legit environment there. And by the way, what a what a sports night for the city of Detroit. The Wings come back on the Leafs. I mean, the Wings is that how many how many game point streak they're riding? Seven. They're in it. 
Yeah, you know what? Hey, I'll give the Wings uh, the Wings credit. Well, right now they're you know holding down the number one wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, tied with Tampa, uh, one point up in the Islanders, two up in the Devils and the Penguins. And man, and hey, the Flyers give Philly credit. Yeah, man. what is happening? To hang around, so I give them a lot of credit. It's uh, um, you know, it's fascinating the, the race in the Metro and uh, for the wild card spot. You know, Washington, man, they had an unreal run. Sorry, Caps fans, but I think um. You know, reality has set in in Washington. Their, their goal four differentials minus 26. They're three, six, and one in their last 10. And uh, um, I, I don't see them rebounding. Do you? I don't. Um, it's funny, like, as much as you think the picture is kind of, it's not complete, but you have a pretty good sense of who's in the mix. I mean, I'm looking at it now based on points percentage. Like we wouldn't have had the Kraken in that category 10 days ago, even after they won in the winter classic, right? Now they continue to pile up points and, and all of a sudden they're tied with uh, the Oilers in points, even though the Oilers have three games in hand and they're breathing down the neck of the Preds, which I don't see any reason why the Kraken couldn't grab that final eighth and final wildcard spot. Hey, what about what about this, Frank? The LA Kings are suddenly one point out of being out of the playoffs. Which team are you more concerned about, the Kings or the Golden Knights? Because both have been scuffling for a long time now. It's a really good question. Um, I would still say LA because they haven't dealt with the injuries that Vegas has dealt with, right? Like I, I think when Vegas gets Aiden Hill back regular, that'll help them. Now I know they put Jack Eichel on IR and we don't have a word yet on how long he's going to be out for. They but, said sometime. Yeah. So now sometime could be two weeks. You know, I guess maybe the good thing for him is it comes at a time where, you know what, they play games up until I think the 28th and then they're off until the, uh, until the 6th of February. So, you know what, you, you have 10 days with no games, so you're not going to miss any games played for them. But yeah, it's not ideal for Vegas. I think, you know, LA has has really hit the skids uh, here lately. Um, you know, I'd like to think both teams could rebound and, and fend off, you know, Seattle. I don't think they're going to fend off Edmonton, but they should be able to, you know, fend off Seattle and Nashville and stay in the playoffs. I'm actually more concerned about the Golden Knights than I am the Kings. Okay. Why? I just think over the long haul, if like if you were to present me both of their rosters and like let's say, you know, you remove any of the emotion or anything or the history of a cup win, if you're if if everyone's healthy, I'm picking the Kings over the Golden Knights. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Really? Like if you if like you have to pick like, one and you've if got Aiden Hills. You've you got five years to win. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. But like this year, I still like Aiden Hill when he's healthy in goal over LA's goalies. I mean, I, I think that's fair, but I think if you're talking just this year and again, taking out past results and injury history, it's kind of hard to argue with Cam Talbot's numbers. Like, like, let's consider how bad the Kings have been results-wise so far in 2024. Yeah. Cam Talbot is 0-3-2, but he has an 8.93 save percentage. It's not that far below league average. And to not pile up points in that stretch, 
it's not, it's what I'm saying is it's not the goaltending that's letting the Kings down. You can win with 893. Yeah, that's fair. They can't score to save their life lately, right? That's their problem. You're, uh, what are they, five, seven, and five, I think, in their last 17, and they're, they're averaging barely two goals a game or just over two and a half of goals a game. I mean, like they haven't scored more than three goals, I think in their last eight games. And so you can win three, two sometimes, but I don't think the leagues as often of as a three, two league anymore. It happens. Sure. But, um, you know, it's difficult. The, uh, the Kings, what have they lost? They lost to Vegas, lost to Edmonton, lost to Toronto, um, lost to Detroit, lost to Washington, lost to Tampa. Like, yeah, they haven't won. What are they? They're winless in their last eight. So, they yeah, you know won what? In 2024. Yeah. Their last oh, win was against win the Sharks. And it was December 27th. We're at mid-January now. Today's the halfway yeah. point. That's right. Hmm. That is, sources say, not good. Not good at all. So, well, they've... But, uh, but, but here's the thing. The Golden Knights have been no better. Yeah, that's true. And that's my point is if you... if Which one are you more concerned about? You're still going to say the Golden Knights? I'm not uh, no, saying no, you're wrong. I'm, I'm just saying, what's your... No, no, no. I said the Kings. I'm more concerned about the Kings. I still think Vegas, when they get Aiden Hill back, that's a boost. Okay. So uh, I'll still go with the Kings. Because mm. they're losing, and they're not really... like the, the, Their main guys are all in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. that's fair. I just I think it's an interesting question. Two teams that we kind of, you know, for the longest time... From October to December, we were like, these teams are the class elite of the NHL. And it's just been a horror show since mid-December on for both of them. Yeah. So and maybe even you, a little bit longer than that for the Golden Knights. Do you feel the Oilers are just going to breeze by both of them? I'd assume at some point they're going to get their act together. So are it, it, basically the big thing that we've seen is the Oilers have had eight and 10 game winning streaks. Okay. Yeah. And they've done it at a time when, you know, when you're collecting 20 out of a possible 20 points and 16 out of a possible 16 points, that's an incredible spring up the standings, but it's also happened to coincide with the Kings not having a win in 2024, the golden Knights. They've got three, but they're struggling. So do I think that this is going to continue on? Um, for both teams, do I think that the Oilers are going to, you know, win 30 out of their last 40 games? No, I don't. Um, so I don't think they're going to breeze past them. I think they've got a real opportunity to finish ahead of them, but this is kind of where the NHL's point system catches up with you at this exact kind of point in time when you're not having stretches and, you know, huge disparate, you know, spurts from both sides of the ledger. If both teams are kind of just milking points and playing 650 hockey, which is not that hard to do points wise, the the Golden Knights and Kings are still going to have a pretty good advantage. Even though the Oilers have caught all the way up. Well, I I would I would disagree with that because of strength of schedule. Edmonton um Edmonton has They've still, even though they've played some weaker games here, Frank, in January thus far, they still have like 39% of their remaining games um, against bottom 10 teams in the league. So they, they, like, they don't face Carolina. They don't face Florida. They don't face Tampa anymore. Um, they played them already. 
Uh, you know, they only faced Vancouver, I think, once more. They faced them early in the year when the orders were terrible. They got spanked. So Edmonton's schedule is the other. Now, it's, it gets hectic in March and April, no question about that. But um, they still have a lot of the bottom feeders multiple times. They play, I think, 19, 18 more games after the Montreal game. So 18 more games against bottom 10 teams in the league. It's it's right there on the table for them. I just think my point is that at some point the Kings and Golden Knights are going to get their act together, even if it's not, you know the what if the, I, what, the stretch what if I that we out ah, long term. I'm I mean look they're gonna they're not as bad as they've shown is my point. That's all. Even yeah. if Eichel's out four weeks, can they survive? Yeah, I think they can. Now, uh, what about in the uh, in the East the uh, uh, you know, the Rangers, a little bit of a funk for the first time. Suddenly the Carolina Hurricanes are three back of them. The Flyers are still only uh, four back. Uh, and then you got Florida and Boston, you know, with six and nine point bulge ahead of uh, of Toronto. The, uh, you, you know, the Maple bulge. Leafs have, have been 500 for the last 10 games. You know, nothing. They're not like overly safe. Tampa and Detroit are only one point back of them. Now Toronto has some games in hand. But uh, what do you make of the East? Is there any teams you're concerned of there? The, the Leafs are only uh, like a few points out of the playoffs. Oh, I know. Yeah. What do you make of Samsonov coming back and his, you know, sort of restart? And what do you make of Sheldon Keefe putting his lines in a blender? Like I, I saw those on Sunday and I was like, did he go to Google and plug them into a randomizer? Honestly, I've never seen such a drastic shakeup like that. And I was wondering if, you know, you couple that with his comments from Saturday night against the Avs. They were clearly outclassed and he was talking about their top five guys that the Leafs can or that the Avs can put on the ice and how they're at another level compared to the Leafs or compared to the rest of the NHL. He said that's in another league is what he said. What do you like, what do you make of? There's obviously some frustration building there. Is there not? I think there's frustration. I think, you know what? You have a few times of the year as a coach where you can rattle the cages, I think is too extreme, but just try to get the attention of your players. You know what? They, they, they weren't getting lots of production. The second line was getting outscored too much. So I think they wanted to just try to you know, to change it up a little bit. They, they took their guys and spread them out. And, you know, Bertuzzi and Marner, that, they had a really nice goal, you know, to go ahead uh, in that game momentarily. And, um, you know, Holmberg scored up on the top line. Like, I, I'm not sure he's a, he's a long-term answer there, but um, they, they needed to, I think, maybe give a jolt because they've, they've been kind of in a little bit of a funk. They've been playing okay, Frank, not great. Marty Jones was, was pretty good in goal there for a stretch. I don't necessarily think that's sustainable when I look at his last four years. I don't think he's suddenly going to be a 925 goalie. But, um, you know, Sam Stop, I thought, actually looked really good. He's he probably fine. didn't love. He didn't love the, uh, the 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 game winning goal, you know, from that angle beating him short side. I think you saw his reaction, but moments earlier he had made an unreal save to keep the game tied, right? Like an absolute unreal glove save just on the on the uh, on the inside post. So um, I thought he was pretty good uh, coming back in that game. I, I don't think he was a, he was a negative, and they need him. Like you, you can't. I don't think you can hold out hope that Marty Jones is going to carry you. Marty Jones was awesome for a time, Frank, but I think if they could get Samson off. Uh, and then they get wall back. I, I think they'll be fine. 
That's what I Wall, I think, is going on their trip out to Alberta. I don't know if he's going to play, but... No, I think he's just practicing with the team. But still, that's a huge sign, and I I think a huge waypoint for the Leafs now on this journey. Like, where does... Like, okay, so I agree with you. Like, Samsonov wasn't the issue in the loss to Detroit. He he was fine. He wasn't great. I'd say he was... I think fair is an an opportune word. I mean... Anytime you're giving up four, I mean, no one's really feeling good about that, right? Well, one was empty netter. Right. So point is, your team gave up four. No one's feeling great about it. Um, But they're clearly trying to pump him up, right? I mean, you hear Keith after the game again, you know, best game of the year, thought he battled. And like all those things, not that the bar was high, but if, if they could get him to somehow rebound even into like league average form, you're probably feeling a lot better my point is, I just don't know that we're going to have an answer on that for a couple of weeks. Well, what He's about when? Play. Yes. Well, what about when Wall comes back, right? And let's say Samsonov plays really well. Samsonov plays really well for four or five starts. Frank, are you going to carry three goalies? Are you going to expose? I think Martin they have Jones? to. Yeah, so I. They can't. They can't. They, first off, like based on pure meritocracy, Wall has it's Wall's net, and it's it's for now and. For the foreseeable future until he drops the ball. The next thing is Martin Jones has proven himself to be way too valuable to put on waivers. Yeah. Now you could and, because Sam Sonoff, as long as he's not on the roster for 30 days, you could send him back down without having to put him on waivers. Well, that's what I think they should do is send him back down at some point to restart the counter so that they don't have to answer this question and then bring him back up again. Well, no, no, that's not how it works. It's just 30 days total for that exact reason. You can't have it to 22 and then send them down and call them back up the next day. It starts at zero. It's when you're 30 days on a roster, even if it's not in the, if it's 30 days spread over three months, once you reach that 30 day mark, then you got to clear waivers. Either way, my point is they, they have to keep right now. If, if you were to ship an odd guy out for me, it'd be Samsonov. And until he plays his way back into that picture, that's the way that it should be based on pure meritocracy. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, you know, there's obviously teams out there that are looking for goalies. And so, you know, maybe there'd be a, a trade market for them. But when I look at the last... I, I think there's not really a trade market for him. I think you might have to attach an asset to move him. A lot of big yeah. one. I, I But no one's taking him off your hands for free because they would have just done that when he went on waivers. Yeah. Well, when he went on waivers, he's playing terrible. If he gets four or five more starts and plays well, that's what I'm but saying. But then you're probably right? like, just keeping him, are you not? Well, but, but then they don't have much roster spot. That's the problem, right? Like, I guess they carry three goalies, but they don't have any extra skaters, right? Because they're right up against it. It's the benefit of having an AHL team. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but who are you going to facility just yeah, down no, the hall true. from you? Right. That's true. You you could not you could not have him there. But it it because uh, I wonder like. How much of a believer are you in Martin Jones that this isn't just like a a, a short term heater? I'm a believer. I, I personally look at last year. I know his numbers weren't out of this world spectacular, but 48 games played for a Seattle Kraken team that went to the playoffs and won rounds. One over. Well, I did. Yeah, uh, like I guess I just I, I look at Marty Jones's last. Um, you know the the overall bigger picture and you know this is the first time in 
in what, like five years that he's above a 900 save percentage. So yeah. So his last, including the spurt that he's on now, 97 games played. So almost a hundred at an eight, nine, seven. Yeah. Like his save percentage, 62 starts in 19 was 896. 40 starts in, in 20. Yeah, that's you got to throw those out. All right. Well, he went three consecutive years, 896. Then he went 900 in Philly for 33 starts. Then he was 887 and a 299 goals against. Like, yeah, they won games because their offense was out of this world, but he gave up three goals a game. But what you're right? asking him to be is a, is a backup. Yeah. Okay. But do you think I'm not, as a backup, I'm not saying he's like he, better he as a be backup the guy opening the playoffs? Can I think is he capable to be a backup of Joe Wall and and for the Leafs to really better utilize that money? Like how big this is? This is going to be the biggest goaltending debate moving forward into the summer, just on the position as a whole. Martin Jones, with what he's at, with what he makes, compared to Samsonov with his game and what he makes, how different are we really talking? Can you realistically or rely, not realistically, can you reliably count on Samsonov now with where his game is at, at 3.55 million? Right now, in this exact moment in time, because it's a what have you done for me lately league, my answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd still be hesitant. When I look at the bigger picture, Samsonov had a terrible run, no question. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. but. You know, do I think when if both of them are playing well, who's the better goalie? I still think Samsonov. Uh, I I think if you're gonna try and play it that way, you you can't ignore the cap hit. Is my point? Yeah. Okay. That's How fair. much better would the Leafs be if they had three and a half million dollars of extra space? Is it better than the the? That's really the question. Is is it better than the delta, or more valuable than the delta between Samsonov and Jones? And my answer is it's not. Yeah. That's really the, the calculus here. It's not who do you who do you think is the better goalie? It's there's a huge gap between what the two of them make, and there's not really a big gap between their numbers, and probably they're likely for the long haul overall performance over a 60-game stretch. That's where it gets interesting. Like I think on any you know normal day of the week, if you're putting aside cap hits, you're going, yeah, Samsonov, probably a way better, you know, talented, tactical, flexible goalie, all those things. I, it's, yeah. There's so, way I'll more that say, goes into it than that. And there's also a true. mental component too, that someone that they're saying needed a mental reset, which yeah. a lot of guys do at some point, don't often get the opportunity, but I don't know. I think that's an interesting spot. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of pressure for a GM because you trade Samson off, whatever, and and then you're a team in the playoffs, and all of a sudden you miss Golden and he lights it up somewhere else. Like that's, and I get it, you might have to do it, but oof, that uh, how that many would be times a lot of pressure? How many times on this show have we used the term goaltending is voodoo? No, it's very true. So because that's you get it I in one still... place and because you you didn't get it in another, like I I just. I don't even think you can think about it like that. Yeah, he if he right. lights it up somewhere else. If I'm moving him, it's because I don't believe in his ability to get the job done. And yeah. period, full stop, end of sentence. 
Well, a lot of it is if you trade Samson off, then you mentioned, Frank, the cap space, then you got to make sure that you you bring in good players with that cap space, right? Because if you trade him off and you kind of waste the cap space, that's the issue. So I, I, under, I understand the cap space part of it. It's a factor for sure. It's a pretty big factor, but then you better, you got to make some good moves to maximize the benefits of that newfound cap space. So seven and a half million bucks between... Samsonov, that and and Klingberg's money. Think about how how much they could beef up their blue line, maybe with three guys for seven and a half million bucks. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I think the Leafs are in a different category because I don't see them right now as an authentic Cup contender. Yeah, I think they have to prove their back end. That's fair. But adding three defensemen, what's better, having Samsonov or adding three defensemen? Well, three. Jeez, two. I would I'd take two for them right now. So then we get into the question of which two. That's they can really probably good. do two with just Klingberg's money. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So we were talking be off air before the, the show started, and we said we, we did touch a little bit on the Kraken and the heater that they've been on, but they've got an ability to kind of, with this run, throw a little bit of a wrench I'm sure it's some teams into the deadline. Like some teams were thinking, hey, I wonder if Seattle is going to make, you know, maybe a couple other defensemen available. Wow. It's it's not Justin Schultz as the UFA, but like, is there any chance that Adam Larson would be available? One more year left at four million bucks after this one? Oh, buddy. He would he would garner a pretty good return, in my opinion. It's a really good cap hit. Um, you know, there's one year left. You're, you're not, you're not stuck with him for six years or anything like that. You'd get him for two playoff runs. And then the chance of course, to resign him afterwards. Cause I don't think his next contract is, is going to be ridiculously high price that you can't afford it for what he brings to you. So now yeah, I think Adam Larson would bring a lot of value, but I don't get the sense that Seattle is, is there yet. I could be wrong, but conversation there yet had, what? I, in, in as far as they're like, cause if you trade away Larson, it's, it's, it's like, you feel like you're, you know, you don't have a chance to compete. That's the way I would look. Well, that, that's what I'm I'm saying. By them being in the mix, they're kind of, they have to stick with their group, don't they? And, and not wow. only that, but I think for a team that obviously wants to be competitive next season, you're then going out and going, okay, we just traded Larson and we're happy with the return, obviously, but how do we go out and find ourselves another Adam Larson and for four million bucks? Probably not going to happen. And so what you do is you end up chasing your tear, tail. And, and my point of why the Kraken matter is because a couple of teams two weeks ago were looking at them going, hey, I wonder if they can be a potential trade partner that now might totally take that off the table. Yeah. Well, imagine if all of a sudden, Frank, we get into February and Edmonton and Seattle are ahead of Vegas and LA. People would be like, what? What is happening? And right now, the way it's trending, that's a possibility. By the way, speaking of the salary cap, can we just give a little golf clap for uh, the cap floor? Nick Felino, thanks you. Two-year extension at four and a half million bucks. Good for four him. Four and a half million bucks. My God, is anyone happier than Nick Felino that the cap floor exists? <laughs> well, you know what? Be a good person, Frank. Be a good human being. You can get rewarded. I think that's the example there for Nick Felino. He's... Uh, he has a, a great reputation of uh, being beloved by his teammates, being a good human being, does so much uh, off the ice in the community. 
And uh, if there was a guy who deserves it, uh, I think there's it's be hard to find more and more deserving than him. It's going to be 38 in the last year of his deal. I mean, I did I did not see this coming. I thought a couple years ago after that deadline trade to the Leafs and the subsequent back injuries that followed him, man, I, I was like, this guy, obviously a you know hugely you know talented player when he was fully healthy and in the prime of his career, but and a, and a great leader. But I was thinking, it looks like his game is half dead, and to get a two year extension at that type of number, I mean, like it's approaching his career high cap hit, which was five and a half. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I think it illustrates Chicago really feels it's important to, to have some veteran. And, and you know what he's playing, you know, he's got eight goals. It's not like he's, you know, he's on pace for 17 goals. No, I, I'm not, not. I'm just saying yeah. four and a half million bucks is a no, ton. No. And yeah. they, they basically like, I, I bet you it was one of those situations where the team made an offer and they, and he's like, they, they offered me how much, what, what was that? Hurry up and sign that. Can they print that thing out? Let me sign it. Like for him to end up with nine million bucks total at this point in his career, it's it's bananas. Well, he was making four mil this year, right on the one year deal, and yeah, and then he gets the uh, the bump up uh, for next year. So I, I think it shows that like Tyler Johnson's contracts coming off the books, Beauvillier. So there's nine million coming off uh, for next season, and they don't have anybody else really. Uh, well, Taylor Hall, I think, has what uh, one more year on his contract. So you're right. The, the floor. And I think they, they realize it's going to be a long haul in Chicago. And um, there's like, I, I've always said this, Frank, but Dard's different than Crosby and Kane and even McDavid because outside of Korchinski, Bedard was like the first guy drafted in the rebuild. Crosby came after Flurry and after Malkin and after Whitney, who they turned into Kunitz. And McDavid came after Drysell and Nurse and Nugent Hopkins and Hall. And Kane came after Taves and Keith and Seabrook. Like that's why it's going to be a lot longer, I think, for Bedard in Chicago. So let's, I, I just had a little fun at the, like with this. I'm looking at Nick Felino's contract history on Cap Friendly. Yeah. This is how long he's been in the league. His first contract, he signed with John Muckler and the Ottawa Senators. John Muckler died three years ago. Yeah. His next contract signed with Brian Murray and the Ottawa Senators. Brian Murray also passed away. The next one after that in Columbus, Scott Housen, who's now the president and CEO of the AHL, the next one with Yarmo Kekalainen, who may be out of a job at the end of this season. He's been in the league forever. John Muckler, he has, it's like, my God, it feels like a blast from the past. I feel like I, I hear the name John Muckler and I can, I can see him in a Buffalo Sabres starter jacket in the mid nineties coaching the Sabres. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, Felino's a guy, Frank is, uh, it's turned out to be a really good 28th overall draft pick. Say that. Truth. <laughs> Awesome career. Great. Oh, great career. No question. Uh, on Martin Luther King Day, let's bring in uh, Tyler, your rem truck. A lot of hockey going on today. I mean, it's one of those weird days, kind of like American Thanksgiving, Greg's, where like Canadians will just be at work with all these sports going on throughout the day as well. I, I kind of like it. It's kind of cool. Oh, well, throw in the uh, change of the, the uh, NFL game in the afternoon at four o'clock, too. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be uh, six afternoon games yeah. in the NHL today. Yeah. 
That's a yeah. good day. And the sharks in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's good get... news for the uh, uh, Sabres fans. They don't have to shovel like the Bills fans to get into the game. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's get into things with fill in the blank. It is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. All new feature on DoorDash. It's the double dash feature where after you order from one spot for a limited window, you can add a second stop or restaurant for zero extra delivery fees. So you order a pizza and all of a sudden you go, hold up, I want ice cream as well. You can just add it right on to your order. The possibilities are endless. Like Sheldon Keefe with his lines, you can just throw a bunch of different things together. Burgers and bubble tea. Why not? Anyways, uh, over the weekend, we got a viral moment uh, from Terry Ryan, who made his return to pro hockey in his late 40s. Gentlemen, here's your first fill in the blank. Terry Ryan returning to the ice in the ECHL was blank, Frank. Oddly heartwarming. I mean, I, I first saw it and I was like, oh, this feels like a nice like spit and chiclets bump. A, you know, a fun story on the weekend for a, a newfie kid who, you know, gets an opportunity to, to play again. And it ended up being um, like his post-game press conference was kind of the stuff of legend. Like he, he poured himself out there and spoke about how he, you know, he's really, it was important for his daughter to see him play pro and how obviously he thought this part of his life had long passed him by and just a lot of perspective, which I thought was really healthy. And I thought, Really, more than anything, what's shown through was, you know, no sort of publicity stunt or anything like that. Just true passion for the game that was really appreciated. I would say raw and inspiring. Uh, I I'd agree with Frank. The uh, you know fact that he that he snaps and drops the gloves late in the game after one of his teammates gets ran kind of symbolized how he played, but. Uh, really, his post game presser. Uh, I really liked his honesty when when he talked about how, you know what, uh, when I played, I, I did my best on. I worked hard on and off the ice, but I didn't know how hard life could be. And you know what, he really did, he appreciated this, and, and it meant a lot to him. You know, he talked about how just, and I think sometimes we, you know, we we overlook the importance of events in an individual's life, and we always want it. Well, if you're not at the peak level, that me, it's not. It's not meaningful. And, and I think it was a really good reminder that there's lots of meaningful steps along the, the journey of life. And they don't always all have to be when you're at the top of the ladder. Yeah, it was really cool. Frank, I was kind of in the same boat as you. I first saw it and I was like, is this like a, you know, gimmick night where they're going to be giving away something from Shorezy or whatever? And then I watched the whole thing and I was like, oh, my God, no, this was just actually probably one of the better moments we're going to get in the hockey world in 2024. It was awesome. Um, viral for maybe the wrong reasons were the NHL all-star jerseys. One word for this year's all-star jerseys is blank. Jason. Fine. I don't have an issue with them. Like they're bright. They're loud. Maybe it's me. I like bright and loud colors, but I, I didn't mind them at all. Like it's an all-star Jersey. What are we, Fair. what are we really getting upset about here? You, you don't say the guy who <laughs> wears neon spectacles. It's on brand. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, very on brand for you. I I will say childish. They just look amateur, childish. Something that a, a kid might have picked. Yeah, it's exactly who who's the All Star <laughs> game for. No, it's I for and sure. that that's what I was just gonna get to was like 
when I think about the all-star game and, and like what matters, like, yes, it's a corporate and sponsor, you know, sort of shake hands, kiss babies type weekend. But like I used to live and die by the all-star game when I was a kid, like what, like some of my best hockey memories are like sit like from a fan perspective, from like sitting in front of the tube on a Sunday afternoon, watching like the pregame player introductions and them all skate out. Like think about like Tyler. I mean, this is going to blow your mind. Jay, you're going to, you're going to nod and be like, duh, but there was no like satellite like you could watch every game. There was oh, yes. no uh, like the only way you saw the whole league was if like somehow you got a VHS highlight tape. Like you only got to see the teams that came through your town that appeared on your channel and the occasional once a week national game to get all of the stars in one building on one day. It was like it was amazing. It was like, oh, those, those I never saw the guys from Vancouver like it like ever. So like to me, that was the cool thing was like watching all the stars around the league as a kid. I was like riveted by that. And that's really what it should be about. But doesn't change my view on the jersey. I just want to point out the greatest all-star game jerseys ever were the orange uh, Clarence Campbell conference jerseys of the 80s. No. no Without question, absolute deadly. Killer. No. The, the best all-star game jerseys of all time are the uh, purple and teal East and West ones when no. they had the all-star weekend in, in Boston and you got that beautiful Owen Nolan point and shoot goal. That, uh, oh, the that's, teal, yeah. those are the best of all time. The ones they had last year were really cool. The Miami Vice kind of colored ones for Florida. I was going to say, Jay, when I looked at these ones, the one that's yellow and even the one that's white, if that yellow would have been swapped for that vintage NHL logo orange, I think these the ones this year would have been really, really cool. I love those orange throwback NHL jerseys. Uh, all right. Last one. Somewhat based off the All-Star game. I know the coaches for this are just based on whoever's leading their division. So it's bonus Laviolette, Montgomery and Tockett. But I wanted to use this as a chance to do a little heat check on the Jack Adams race. Now that we're halfway through the season, your Jack Adams favorite is blank, Jason. That's a good question. There's not even um, a, there's not even a question. Oh, wow. There's a question, but well, see, it's for various reasons. I, I would go with Rick Tockett because it's not uh, even he, close. We changed a lot there, but I think you have. How can you not give John Tortorella consideration? No one in the, no one had the Flyers remotely in contention. They've stayed in contention all year long. They and, have to make uh, think, the playoffs. That's the only way they can do it. Okay, but but they're they're. In, Right now they're four points up. Like we we've said for two months they're going to fall back, and they haven't fallen back at no. all. They're still in the top three, it, and uh, they might not make it. And hey, if they don't make it, sure he's not in. But if they miss the playoffs by one point and have ninety four points. I still think it's a pretty good coaching job. But oh, I I, I think he I could be a finalist. Talkett. Yeah, I would go with Rick Tockett. I think to take a non playoff team that was in shambles last year, drama everywhere, to first place in the league today january 15th i i'm sorry i just I, as as good a job as john torrell has done it's rick tockett's award and no one else's right now 
no love for a guy who took a team that was teetering on a rebuild and has them first in the league based on points percentage. Rick bonus. Come on. Rick bonus would have been my answer. Here's my issue with, with, and it's not an issue with Rick bonus, but he missed half the games this year while dealing with a personal issue with his wife. So yeah, but it's, it's hard not like he wasn't point. involved, right? No, he it's still- not like he wasn't involved, but it's hard to me to point to their success. And you say, you know what? A huge chunk of that is coach dependent when he wasn't yeah. there. And so it's, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from them, their season or his ability as a coach. I'm just how how critical was it to their success? Because he wasn't there. Yeah. The, the one wild card will be if uh, if Edmonton finishes in top five in the league after where they were when Knobloch took over, he'll get some votes. He should. Yeah, that's fair. So my. Um, we we did our midseason awards picks, and I'd actually be happy to to run through them with you after. Um, but I mean, my Jack Adams ballot, I had Tockett one, Laviolette two, Chris Knobloch three. I mean, hey, if the Oilers end up getting home ice advantage after sitting close to the basement when he took over, it would be pretty impressive. Uh, all right, gents, that is a wrap on this week's edition of Fill in the Blank. Use that promo code Nation Twenty Five. Get yourself 25% off your first order of $15 or more. And try the new Double Dash feature. Maybe tacos and slushy in your future. That's all. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Sounds like a trip to heartburn heaven there. Tacos Tacos and slushies. My God. Wow. I might be up for two days if I eat that at night. Ah. Either that Um, or I need new plumbing. like just since we were on awards talk and I have my midseason award ballot up, we did a, a poll on dailyfaceoff.com of our seven writers and Tyler was included. Calder is going to be fascinating with, with Connor Bedard out, but I'm still, I'm going to have a really like this to me de- deliberating it already. I'm going to have a really hard time 
on what to do with the Naris. Like Quinn Hughes has been unreal, right? Everyone yes. acknowledges how excellent he's been. Yeah. But Kale McCarr is right there with him in points. And I just, maybe it's, I don't think it's bias, but I, I watch his game and I feel like he impacts the game more than Quinn Hughes does. Uh, yeah, my, my challenge with that is, is simple. When I just look at, if we talk about impacting the game, then we'll look at, uh, you know, you, you look at points are one thing, but you look at Quinn Hughes has been on the ice for 59 goals for 31 goals against. Right. And then you go and to go down to, uh, um, but how many of those are power play? Are you just, no, 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 this is, no, I'm just using, these are just five on five. Okay. Yeah. Power play, I would I would say separate. And then I'm looking for um Kale McCarr is 34 and 31. So they've been on the ice for the same amount of goals against. Quinn Hughes has been on the ice five on five for 25 more goals. To me, that's why he's at. It's a significant difference. He's got a his his uh you know 65% goal four share, 59 to 31 to 34 to 31. That's massive for me. That's why I had Quinn Hughes first. The only reason I mention it is because it's it's going to become a debate, though. And let's see where those numbers end up at the end of the year for both guys. Yeah, but that's like that's a massive gap to pick up, right? Like if the point totals are four or five points difference here or there, but then you look at it a little bit deeper, to me, it's hard to go against Quinn Hughes. I, mine's pure eye test. Yeah. Which player is more impactful for his team's overall success? That's oh. not necessarily what the award is, but yes, I like I like Makar. He's a, but I man, I watch Quinn. He, the more I watch Quinn Hughes, the more I appreciate his game. Like he's just God when he gets the puck. Can't like now both of them are great, but Quinn Hughes um, when he gets the puck, man, he's he's so calm with it. You never you never take it away from him. He doesn't make a mistake either. Very impressive. I like it's it's a good discussion. Um, over, I, just, I just think it is a discussion. Is my point? I don't know. I was. Well, see, I, I think this right now. I think Hughes is quite a bit ahead. Twenty five goals for is a massive difference. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just. It's January. All, yeah. all I'm highlighting is for as unreal as Hughes point wise to the start of the season was, McCarr is right there with him, and in fact, yeah. I think is actually point per game wise slightly ahead. Right? Uh, yeah, he might be. I haven't looked at uh, um, their points per game, to be honest, but he probably he might be a slightly ahead. But they're, they're neck and neck. So it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to watch. It really is. Who would and be I third? didn't know what to do with my third place vote. I went with Noah Dobson. Yeah, Noah Dobson's had a really good year. Does not he is not getting enough love for the year that he's having. Yeah, he 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 has had an excellent season. So uh, I actually had Josh Morrissey as my third guy. Morrissey's had another fantastic year in Winnipeg, and you know, like that team to 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 anchor a blue line to play the most minutes. The Winnipeg Jets, man. Speaking of not giving enough love, so the Jets have played forty two games this year. Uh, they are now, I think, it's thirty one consecutive games where they haven't allowed more than three goals. But in their first four games of the year, they allowed 19 goals. They allowed five and four goals in the first four. Since then, in 38 games, they've allowed more than two goals 10 times 
which is uh, nine times at three goals. And one time they allowed more than three. And that was a five spot. That's it. Like their team defense in Winnipeg has been lights out. Obviously, Hellebuck's great in goal, but their team defense and Morrissey plays a ton. Um, he had a real breakout year last year. But this year, like what he's doing on Winnipeg, man, that's why I had him as my third guy. I like Dobson too. I, I know on our official ballots, we'll have five. And so I think Dobson would make mine based on the halfway point of the season. But Josh Morrissey and the Jets, man, they got to get more love. They have been unreal defensively as a team. Yeah, I think people have been talking a lot about that streak, 32 consecutive games, not allowing more than three. Yeah. And look, I, I was at this time last year, I was leading the Josh Norrissey campaign. Hmm. So he's he's obviously a really talented player. Dobson's playing two more full minutes a game than Josh Morrissey. Yeah. That's crazy. 26 minutes a night. Yeah. Yeah. And no Dobson's had an unreal year for a team that's right in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, you just look at the uh, D men, there's five defensemen now with, uh, with 40 points, Evan Bouchard, uh, has 40 points in 39 games. Uh, joining Paul Coffey is the only Oiler defenseman to ever have four, uh, 40 points before the 40 game mark. He's got 40 and 39. Like, you know, now he's not going to be. He's not going to be in the Norris conversation. But um, you know, Dobson, McCarr, Hughes, Bouchard, like Victor Hedman in his age is having a great offensive season as well. Yeah, Hedman's been really good. But Tampa Bay, man, they just give up too many goals, Frank. They give up yeah. way too many goals. It's it's crazy for me. How about here's a fun stuff, Islanders right? in a playoff spot, by the way, if you sort by points percentage. Yeah. Islanders and the, Devils are the two wild card teams in the East. Tampa Bay, Frank. I went through it, and it's not just because Vasilevsky was out early, because even with him in, it's still been an issue. Uh, on the season, when you allow four goals in a game, obviously you're not going to win very often. Right? Columbus has allowed four goals 25 times. San Jose, 24, Ottawa and Tampa Bay are at 23. Like the lightning, when they give up goals, man, it is a, like Chicago's at 21 for goodness sakes. And the Islanders who are supposed to be this juggernaut defensively. They've allowed 20 uh, games with four plus goals. So that's uh, being a little bit of an issue here looking in the, in Long Island and, and even in Tampa Bay. And I'll be curious to see if, if both of those teams can, can be better defensively in the second half. I'm more curious to see what both those teams do at the deadline. Well, how they, aggressive can the, can the Islanders team? trade anyone? I mean, but they could trade future assets to get more pieces. Well, you think they'd be a buyer? Hmm. Yeah, they might be. Why wouldn't they be? Uh, how big of a buyer? Like, well, that that, but that's my question for both teams. How big of a buyer would the Lightning be? If you think back to the last few years, they've made some big splashes at the deadline. That's Jeanneau, true. Nick Paul, um, Brandon Hagel, Brandon Hagel. I mean, that's just the last couple years. Then stretch back even further. You know, you had the Coleman's and and Barkley Goodrose. That's you know that helped them win cups. That's the last five years of deadlines. What if they're out of it? Would they trade Stevenson? Well, they're currently out of it, and they've kind of currently been out of it for the last couple of weeks what do you think they would do with Stamkos based on, based on points any chance he doesn't like well there's obviously a chance but how high of a probability to give that he's not back in Tampa not very high yeah 
I would agree with you. I don't think, but I th- I do think there's frustration building on his part. I obviously from the start of the year, the fact that they didn't engage in any talks, he was not happy about that. But and here's, we felt like in some ways that he was being disrespected based on the success that they've had and based on okay. his production, honestly. Sure. But then I would look at it the other way. If I'm the owner, I said, Hey, wait a sec. Many years ago, when you're an unrestricted, pending unrestricted free agent, we offered you contract after contract. We wanted you and wait, you waited till the last possible moment. We respected your decision to have that. You can't have it both ways. You can't as a player be like, well, guess what? I'm going to live my life and mate and see and let me go and get offers. And then I'll stay with you. But God forbid when it's my turn and I'm older and you don't sign me right away. Like, I'm sorry. I don't buy that. Mm, I don't see it that way. I don't think the two are related. And I think there was a, first off, there was a different GM in charge. Who's an absolute grinder in Steve Eiserman. So I don't think it was really all that pleasant. And I don't think that they were offering him contract after contract in terms of, you know, obviously they were working to try and keep him, but what he ended up signing for is way less than what would have been on the table elsewhere. AAV wise, but it's the old, what back then you think it, it, it would have been significantly lower. Cause when did he sign that? Like in 16, he I signed it he in signed 16, that. but he would have been in the tens or, or somewhere North of that somewhere else in Toronto or somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, I, but he's the first guy that we ever really had the debate about of tax calculators and how Tampa's offer at eight, five was always going to be way more, but would he be the first guy sort of, you know, I don't want to say publicly, but the first guy to be like, Hey, it's really about what goes in your pocket at the end of the day. Then whatever the AAV might appear to someone who wants me to get top dollar, absolute top dollar somewhere else. Cause eight, as we talked about last week, eight and a half in Tampa is, is really the equivalent of just under 12 in Toronto. That's how Even big when- of a, even when you're a even when you're a Canadian living in Canada year round, you're getting paid in American funds. Yes. Hmm. Seems because like you got to remember, ten mil in Toronto when it's American is like thirteen mil. I no, I get it. And look, that's the other side part of it that people would make the argument for. If you sp- if you do the bulk of your living in Canada, you're you're doing extremely well. But to to bring it back to today. I think it's if the feeling probably is, hey, I helped deliver two cups here. I've had tremendously impactful and productive seasons well into my 30s now. Why can't we talk? And I think the answer is from from Brisbois and his and his team is, hey, we've been trending in the wrong direction these last few years. We're now at least based on points percentage today outside of the playoffs, why would we re-sign you to a comfortable, cushy deal when we might have to tear this thing down? And that's that's really what they're looking at right now. Yeah. It'd be hard for me to think Tampa can just tear it down. They got too many good players, right? Point, um, Hedman, uh, obviously Vasilevsky, Sergachev, Cernak, Sorelli, Hegel, like... It would be really hard to to tear it down. I think they might have to retool. But think about how close they are to having that conversation. Stamkos is up this summer. 
Hedman has one more year. Yeah. Then you're looking at once Hedman expires, only two more for Kucherov. If you start to undo it brick by brick and Kucherov is up just before Vasilevsky is, like, honestly, I, I think the play is for a super aggressive guy in Brisbois, this is how I would look at it, is how quickly can we get to the absolute bottom to build back up again? Move all the guys while they have value. Move Kucherov while he has. He has substantial excess value. Cap hit relative to the rest of the league. Hedman yeah. has huge value. Vasilevsky, even right now, would have value. Move all these guys before they don't have any. Get to the very bottom. Bottom out as quickly as you can and build back up. Hmm. Three years, five years, whatever it is. Uh. Wow. It's it's better than being I think it's better than being in the in sort of where they're at right now. There yeah, we could consider them if they make the playoffs this year as as a threat to maybe do some damage. But another year from now, we're probably looking at the lightning not all that different than we look right at this exact moment at the penguins and caps. And what I'm saying and that's only 1 year from now. Yeah, hmm, we'll see. Well, Frank, it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, to debate it and discuss it as we uh, as we move forward. Before we uh, we go, just remind everyone it's a new week for Frank. It is uh, it's Monday, so we know that Frankie's still in it. We'll see if we can get in it tomorrow. What is it we're talking about? The daily face-off Survivor Pool for Wendy's, where you can win uh, weekly prizes and of course the grand prize of five thousand dollars. Get your team in now, and uh, we'll see if you can beat Frank. I'm telling you it's right uh, now, not been hard. If if you want, exactly. I'll even tell you what I picked tonight. You can fade me. I'm going Kevin Fiala to get a point for the LA Kings. New week, new pool. 43 out of 596 survived all four days last week and earned themselves some free food from Wendy's, like the bacon portobello mushroom melt back for a limited time at Wendy's. Ooh, that's a good burger. And of course, Frank's favorite, the uh, French toast sticks. Try them out. Only at Wendy's, and you can play the game at dailyfaceoff.com. Right in the right corner of the website, you'll see it, the uh, Wendy's Survivor Pool. Stay warm, Frank. Uh, good luck to your Eagles. Good luck to uh, Tyler's Bills. We will uh, see what happens on a Monday in the NFL. And, of course, uh, lots of games in the National Hockey League, lots of matinees. Uh, happy. I don't even, what's the proper tune? Do I say happy Martin Luther King Day? I'm not even sure. What's I think, the, yeah. I don't know. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Man, a great man. That guy, uh, uh that's a huge impact that you can make in, in your life of your Martin. hundred percent shout out to him today for sure. Have everybody a great day. Stay warm. Thanks for listening to the DFO rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.